TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And we are you guys at the MikeTalkZone.com. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday. I mean, absolutely. Coleridge's Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago. I hope the weather is nice here as it is in uh, whatever city you might be listening to via the Internet. Of course, our show blasting out via the Internet to seven different continents. Multilinguistic show. I don't know if our show is translated or not. But uh, the big dog, Joe Redwanski, and the coach will be with you up until 11 o'clock, March Madness. College basketball, the main portion of discussion today. And without further Joseph ado, let's bring in our uh, fine co-host checking in from Aurora, Illinois, a gorgeous western suburb. It's my good friend, Joel Redwanski. Big dog, how are you? Uh, coach, I just want to let you know I had to take off the first minute of the show because it's absolutely gorgeous. I'm I'm actually moving around exercising on this gorgeous uh, Tuesday morning. I and guess I have a case of the March Madness. Yes. Are you, uh, what is it, a walk, a little jog? Are you doing a little bicycling? Describe a por favor your exercise routine this morning. Well, actually, Mahmoud was showing me the training. Because last night we watched uh, something on the Army Rangers. So he showed me the, the Taliban exercise system. Really? i got to tell you something, Coach. I'm really out of breath because it's really hard to run with that much sand around you. Seriously. <laughs> The tests, the Taliban exercise system. Are we going to be seeing yeah, that? In a... Coach, those guys, they, I mean, they, they don't live very long, but they die in good shape. <laughs> it's like the famous guy who kept uh, you know, commenting on joggers and long-distance runners, and the guy said, you know, I figure I've only got so many heartbeats in my life, I'll be damned if I'm going to waste some running. Yeah, and, and Kerry Wood took that philosophy where he said, I only got so many pitches in my arm, and uh, I'm going to be damned if I'm going to waste them in spring training. Remember that a few years ago? Uh, I don't. Who said that? Kerry Wood? Kerry Wood. Now the pitching for the... Guy, the toughest guy in the history of the Cubs. The problem was he was also the stupidest guy, and because of that, he threw his arm out way too early. But that's another issue. Yes, it is. Yes, okay. it is. Big dog, great to have you on the air. We'll talk a little spring training. Baseball, it's heating up only a couple of weeks till opening day, and I do know uh, it's a regular tradition of yours, if I remember correctly. You always attend the second home game. You kind of feel like opening day is for all the rookies, for all the Johnny come lately. Day two. Day two, less people show up. That's where the diehards show up. So unless I've got the wrong person, isn't that correct? Your tradition is to show up to the second home game? I couldn't I couldn't agree more. It's absolutely fantastic. If you're a diehard baseball fan, the second day is the day that you really show up because that's the whole opening day was there an opening day. Yeah, so were 41,000 other people, okay? <laughs> so they're on a day when there's only 8,000 people, it's 32 degrees, and it's absolutely freezing out. And I will want to remind everybody, this is an occurrence that happens every single year. The four most beautiful days in April are the day before and after both the Cubs and White Sox opening days. Because the day on both the Cubs and White Sox opening days, those are the two worst days in April every single year. I don't know how Mother Nature does it. 
Cub and White Sox fans typically really get the raw end of the stick when it comes to weather and opening day baseball. Ladies and gentlemen, baseball meteorologist Joe Radwanski joining us here in the morning break. Is this scientifically proven or more off your uh, basic intuition, Mr. Uh, Andy Avalos? Uh, it's basically, uh, Avalos is, by the way, a beautiful last name, Coach. Andy's yes. not so pretty, though, I will have to say. Uh, I would have to say it's based on years of drinking. <laughs> It's a sci- it's a scientific as it gets. Yes, yeah, I, I would have yeah. to say because I, I would I would remember like depending like when I was younger, opening day, like because I used to drink them a lot faster. You know what I'm saying? They were actually still ice cold by the end. Now I'm a little older. I don't drink them as fast, mm-hmm. and uh, they're still cold. So it's got to be freezing on opening day. Coach. Nicely done. Nicely done. Speaking of imbibing a little bit, the St. Patrick's Day coming up tomorrow. It's one reason, by the way, that today. We are going to get your picks. We're going to break down the brackets today. We're going to go real meat and potatoes. We're going to get inside the bun, if you will. We're going to mix up the sloppy joe and spice it up a little bit. Really get inside the brackets and uh, figure out which teams are going to advance. A lot of good March Madness talk. And we thought we'd do it today, Big Dog, before you uh, imbibe just a wee bit on St. Patrick's Day. Hopefully you've not been celebrating too early. Coach, I promise you I'm not celebrating too early. But I will tell you this. I have plans for St. Patrick's Day. And uh, very little drinking is going to be involved. Really? Yeah, believe it or not, I, <laughs> I've decided to follow my Polish heritage this particular St. Patrick's Day and not my, my Irish heritage. Okay. And I how does half and half. I'm almost afraid to ask, but uh, how does the Polish heritage celebrate an otherwise uh, rather rambunctious Irish holiday? Uh, well, they drink until they fall down. That's what the Irish do. Yeah, I know, but the, the Irish drink until they get beat up. <laughs> Just a fine line between the two, huh? Yeah, there is. There's, there's a big difference. I'm not. I'm not going to start any fights because somebody looked at my girl this year. Well, I've never done that, but uh-huh. you know, I, I definitely won't start this particular year. All right. So if you're keeping score at home, again, both the Irish and the Polish celebrate St. Patrick's Day by drinking. The difference is, the Polish simply pass out and fall down. The Irish, before they pass out, will typically pick a fight with somebody and maybe either box somebody's head in or get their own head boxed in a little bit. Yo, the Mickey, I don't know why, but the last night I had the finest night of sleep I've had in years, it's because you got the crap kicked out of you last night, you know. <laughs> All right, Big Dog, it's great to have you on board, my friend. Outstanding. Our phone number, by the way, uh, if you would care to join us, and again, I'm not sure why after the first six minutes you would, but uh, when we start talking college basketball, March Madness, you want to chime in, you're always more than welcome to join two guys and a mic. We always got a mic waiting for you. Our phone number here is 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. And you can email us at mike2guys at aol.com. M-I-C number two. Mike2guysaol.com. Big Dog, are you ready? I've got the brackets in front of me. What we're going to do is we're going to uh, take each set of four. Okay. And, and you, my friend, are going to tell us, and I will uh, nudge you a little bit, and I'll put my own intuition, uh, and I will try to convince you. But in the end, it will be your prediction. Okay? I don't need any nudging today, Coach. I'm almost over the edge. Well, but I need the nudge because I've got my own thoughts. And, again, you're the final, uh, you have the final say, but at least give me the opportunity to nudge, if you will. Okay, well, I won't budge on the nudge when it is to me. With you, I'll give you the nudge, though, okay? What, let's do the first four. Okay, uh, we're going to go to the Midwest Regional first. Midwest Regional, the top four in the brackets I am looking at. You've got Kansas, Lehigh, UNLV, and a very understated, underrated Northern Iowa team. One of those four will advance to uh, and, St. Louis. Uh, quite simply, Coach, it's, it's as simple as this. If Kansas 
get past Northern Iowa in the second round, they're going to win the national championship because that's what Kansas does. They either get tripped up early or they win it all. And I say this, Northern Iowa advances out of that time. Wow! Whoa! He has, has he been drinking early? Northern Iowa? Over the number one seed, Kansas? Yes. Holy underwear! It's unbelievable. Speaking of underwear, by the way, today, you going boxers or briefs? Uh, Coach, I just got done working out, so I'm going with Jack Strap. A little bit too much information. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> that falls under the category of I'm sorry I asked. All right, so right <laughs> off the bat, I don't know if this is an omen or things to come or Big Joe's no, just shooting us early here, but... I hate to tell you, it's 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 a thing of it's a it's gonna it's, a lot of this is gonna happen this particular tournament, coach. I happen to agree with you. I think there's gonna be a lot of upsets. I said the same thing last year; it didn't exactly come true. But if you haven't seen Northern Iowa play, they don't play in a major conference, but they are indeed a major basketball team. They've dominated their competition, and uh, they got the whole package. But boy, Kansas, you. you you want to root against them, Big Dog, but you look at their roster. I mean, they pretty much got everything you would possibly want. No, I, I couldn't agree with you, Coach. They are the best team in college basketball. You know, and if you played this 100,000 times hypothetically, Kansas would probably win it the most. But, you know, if you like I, like I said, if Kansas gets past Northern Iowa, they're going to win the championship, Coach. But, you know, you get a team like, like Kansas, if you have a team that doesn't beat itself, like a Cornell or something, they really have a very hard time with teams that play disciplined basketball because mm-hmm. you really got a bunch of athletes out there who are going to the NBA. Okay. And sometimes you get those kids with the good skill sets that can shoot and pass and stuff, and it'll give Kansas a headache. They win. There it is. There it is right off the bat. Northern Iowa, with a little addendum, Big Dog says, if Kansas is able to survive the first two rounds, they're going all the way. Next bracket of four, headed to St. Louis, my friend. Michigan State. New Mexico State, Maryland, the Terrapin, and Houston, the Cougar. I don't see any real – I like Michigan State early. I don't like him as much anymore. Well, uh, I, I definitely like Michigan State out of that out of that pod for the simple fact they are loaded. They have depth. And they uh, – Tom Izzo coaches tournament style all year long, Coach, all year long. So mm-hmm. the, the Michigan State always goes further in their tournament than expected. It'll continue this year. They definitely get to the Sweet 16. There it is. They made a great run to the Final Four last year. Big Dog saying they get to the Sweet 16. Next set of four, Tennessee, San Diego State, Georgetown, and Ohio. Not Ohio State, but the Bobcat of Ohio. Georgetown, San Diego State, Tennessee. I would assume everybody's predicting Tennessee versus Georgetown in a good second-round game. But uh, Big Dog, after a couple of imbibements last night, you might have other thoughts. Uh, I don't know if anybody has seen San Diego State play, but they're actually pretty good, Coach. Okay, okay. so, I, I mean, don't assume, just assume it's going to be uh, Tennessee-Georgetown, but uh, you, you, I am going to take Georgetown out of that out of that pod, though, Coach. Mm-hmm. San Diego so, State, by the way, still coached by Steve Fisher. I was shocked to hear that. I thought he retired. You know, he did. He went to San Diego State. <laughs> That's as good as retiring, huh? Yeah, why not? I mean, I mean, seriously, there's no pressure for you to win because who cares? No, no offense to San Diego State Aztec basketball, but let's 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 be honest with you. I mean, it's there's a lot of things to do in Southern California. Orange County is beautiful. Okay, San Diego's gorgeous. They are the WAC champions, twenty-five and eight record, led by Kowale Leonard, Malcolm huh? Thomas, and G Day. Wait a minute, G D J Gay. I've heard of it like JRs and you know BAs. This guy's got three in it. It's G D J, 
and his last name is Gay, averaging 10 points three and three assists per game. P.S. I am gay. Uh, that's that's not fair. How could his parents give him those particular initials if his last name is Gay? You know what I mean? The kid's gonna have a, a, enough time, a hard enough time, making it as a, you know, like a, a seventh and eighth grader. He and should be really a uh, reconsider that name. He should be a rapper. GDJ Gay. Yeah. San Diego State, right there for you. But uh, getting all that aside, the team that you are picking, Big Dog, out of that fine quadrumfront of four teams, is Georgetown. So Georgetown, oh yes. The George, you know, I haven't seen Georgetown play as much as I would have liked to. I know they were pretty impressive in the Big East tournament. They've uh, been a little inconsistent, but we got Georgetown going to the final four, not the final four, but winning out of that foursome. All right, the next group to finish up the Midwest region, Oklahoma State, Georgia Tech, Ohio State, and University of California, Santa Barbara, another place where you can coach a basketball team and retire at the same time. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, whenever you have a volleyball court in the middle of your basketball court, <laughs> you you you, you, you got to figure out what your tenure is at that particular school. Yes. Okay? So you can have a nice retirement. I remember uh, I, I went on a college visit. Uh, my brother was looking at colleges in the Southern California region. I remember we visited UC Santa Barbara. Unbelievable. I have no idea how you actually study at that school, but it was, I, do, I remember it being the most beautiful campus I've ever seen. You know, like, college was really important to my parents, and they found it kind of suspicious that it was, the, my choices were Pepperdine, San Diego, San Diego State, UC Santa Barbara, uh, Hawaii, and uh, Cal State Fullerton. Those were your preferences or theirs? Well, well, no, that was my preference. The okay. I didn't get any of the schools, and I couldn't afford to send me on any of the trips to look at them. It's too bad, because, you know, you get into school there as a parent, great place to visit. I ended up in Jacksonville, Illinois. <laughs> Not quite the same uh, pictorial effect. No, but I did get to run into other human beings at full speed. Now, now we go to this four pod. Just take a guess who I'm going to pick out of that, Coach. Take a, well, take a wild guess. If you get it wrong, I'm going to slap you in your Evan Turner. Yeah, you're probably going to pick Ohio State, yeah. and I'm going to try to talk you out of it here, though. No, don't do it. I, coach, I believe in the Big Ten this year, okay? Mm -hmm. and, and we can have differences. I'm going to be a man and go with the Ohio State Buckeyes. All right. There's nothing being a man. It has nothing to do with masculinity or femininity on your pick. But I said yesterday, and I do believe that Georgia Tech's going to knock Oklahoma State in, I think, the best second-round matchup of all. The game of the uh, weekend is going to be Ohio State taking on Georgia Tech. And I got me a feeling one of the surprise teams of the tournament is going to be the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech. Very young team, getting better and better, and again, they lost to Duke in that ACC championship, Big Dog, by only four or five points, and they played a average game, although you said, rightfully so, they played a heck of a defensive game. But I think uh, Derek Favors, the freshman, Iman Shumpert, the sophomore, come of age in this tournament, and the Georgia Tech rambling wreck upset the Buckeye. You know, uh, the, the Georgia Tech won't even get past Oklahoma State. That's really? going to be AUOSU versus the OSU. Okay. Like I said, I'm going to try to influence you, but the final picks... We're going to go with your uh, instinctual advice. So Ohio I'm State. Open, I'm open to influence, Coach. I know that. I'm trying. I just got to feel it. You know, Georgia Tech's one of my picks to click. Who knows? Who knows? Well, uh, if you want to feel me, I'll go right ahead, Coach. A lot of ways I could go with that comment, but I think I will. Uh, I'll stay. I'll stay out of that particular region. All right, uh, uh, David Olson, our fine producer today. By the way, back from a beautiful vacation in Florida. David, we got time for one more bracket, or we got to take a break here. One more. You can tell the excitement from David Ol, who we found out yesterday, by the way. A Cub hater, Big Dog. Very, 
Very disturbing that our producer is, in who's fact, that down. Who's he a fan of? He's a South Side guy. He, but he's Southside. one of those South Side guys who's not indifferent to the Cub. We're talking hatred. I mean, his eyes turned a different shade of red when I brought it up. I had no idea before we signed this contract that we had this kind of hatred for the of, Cub. Though? Huh? Who's he a fan of, though? White Sox. Oh, the White Sox. Oh, I, I always forget that they're in the city. Ooh, wow. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's why it's it's not so much the team, it's the fans. It's it's the cub uh, cub elitism. Dave, yeah. Dave, I hope you will learn. After I could re- I don't really care either, to be honest with you. I, I don't hate the White Sox. It, it is the it's the fans that hate the Cubs that are White Sox fans that I that I dislike too. So I guess we're probably in the same boat. So we're gonna have to get learn to get along. <laughs> All right, again, if you want to uh, chime in on some of the predictions, the college basketball talk, folks, uh, 888-463-6748. Phone lines are open, Big Dog and a Coach, at your service, talking a little March Madness, breaking down the brackets before the Big Dog becomes um, incongruous after a couple of St. Patrick's Day imbibements. All right, we're going to go to the West Regional, my friend. First foursome, Syracuse, number four overall. Ranked team, they're number one seed, but they're the fourth of the number ones. Vermont, the Catamounts, Gonzaga, and Florida State. I'm not even sure Florida State belongs in the tournament, but uh, I'm going to assume Syracuse advances, Big Dog? Um, I'm going to have to go with that, but isn't that a tough matchup for them in the first round with the Virginia Catamounts? Uh, not Virginia, I mean, Vermont. I mean, Vermont Catamounts. I mean, I knew, I, that's what I meant. That's, didn't they beat them a couple of years in the first round when they were the reigning uh champion or something like that's an awful tough matchup uh but i, I will take syracuse that that's pretty tough if you're going to be a number one seed and and get uh vermont in the first round that's really not too fair but hey the tournament isn't it you got to win six in order to win them all they were not the conference champs but they won the american east tournament we're talking about the catamounts of vermont marquise blakely maurice joseph and evan Feld are their star players and uh, blakely leads the team in points rebounds and assists good all-around player but I got to believe Syracuse advances out of that. I'd have to agree with you. You know, we, we've already done two of the number ones. I, most years, the number ones look like automatic into the Sweet 16. This year, it, none of them look automatic, though. Syracuse, no. uh, Kansas, Kentucky, who will we, have to play Texas in the second round, most likely. Mm-hmm. None of them look automatic, though. And the reason is, see if you agree with me here, the reason is not that they're weak number one teams. It's at the number four, number three, and number two. There's a lot of really strong competition. So I don't think it's the weakness of the top teams. I think it's the strength of the uh, the teams that are just below them. Yeah, I agree. At least the top, like, 35 teams. Yep. When you start talking other than that, it's kind of a weak uh, tournament, Coach. Well, but you just said top 35. That's pretty strong. Yeah, that is good. I mean, I, mean, I can see, like, eight or nine seeds making a run in this. I don't mm-hmm. see too many 11s or higher making runs in this tournament. I, I'm sorry to interject in the middle. I know we're picking mm-hmm. the pods, but that's why I, I do see the trend where I'm going with this particular, how I'm picking these. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, we're on the uh, West Regional. These teams will head to Salt Lake City on March 27th. Uh, the next quad is Butler, UTEP, good first-round matchup, Vanderbilt, and Murray State, a potential Vanderbilt-Butler second-round matchup. Butler, a popular pick. Vanderbilt had a hell of a season, big dog. A lot of people don't know about it, but Kevin Stallings, uh, one of your coaches of the year. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Vanderbilt had, a, had one of their best seasons in probably like 25, 26 years, coach, since the early 80s. Uh, I, I really like them. Uh, Butler, I'm a guy that's been a big fan of Butler the last like 10 years. Uh, but uh, I do believe, I made a prediction yesterday, I had a surprise pick, Murray. 
State wow. Racers. The in Racers. Sweet 16, Coach. The and Racers you know, of Murray State? For the goodness Murray of Murray State for the Racers' edge. What? They need, they need to get into the Sweet 16. People need to see this team play. They play... Not as much fun as Loyola Marymount of the late 80s, early 90s, but they play like that style, Coach, where they're up and down the court. A lot of fun. Hope they advance. Five players on Murray State average between 10 and 11 points. 30 and 4 on the season. The Ohio Valley Tournament champions. Very deep, very balanced. And uh, the Butler team that you are predicting will go down the defeat, just to give them some kudos, you know, because a lot of people outside the Midwest, oh, you know, Butler's a cute story, nice little middle no, they're good. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're better than cute. They're a really, really, very similar to Northern Iowa. They're a heck of a basketball team. Gordon Haywood, probably an NBA player. Yeah. Maybe sooner than later. And um, who's the other big kid? Howard? Matt Howard? Yeah, he's the only kid that they have that's over 6'8", though, Coach. So that is their issue. And I don't know. The, I don't, is that his name? I know they have one guy over 6'8", other than that. They're yeah. small. And they haven't played a lot of top-10 teams, but everybody they've played, they've beaten them pretty convincingly. Butler's dangerous. But uh, Big Dog going with a second major upset of the prediction around Murray State to advance to the Sweet 16. Yeah, Very I nicely done. The Very nicely done. You okay over there? How you doing? You need some coffee? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry. You got to understand. This is. I just got done with a workout. Plus, I was training people. Yes. I got people puking in the parking lot. Yep. I, I, this is pretty hectic. And so, I can't tell you the amount of focus it takes in order to make these picks. And it's funny. I, please, I hope you've seen this. While we take a little break from the picks, Coach, you're one of these guys that gets upset about people who make more than one bracket. Yes. I'll let you know, there's an ESPN commercial right now that is perfectly up your alley. This guy makes four brackets, okay? But here's how the uh, the five brackets, here's how the brackets go down. He does one research, one gut, one favorite, and one upset. And then he has a fifth one where he goes research, gut, favorite, upset, research, (laughs) gut, favorite, upset. And he has them all on the wall, and he has all his people, his office workers in there. And he's like, you know, he's explaining which one he's going to use and stuff. He's like, oh, this is... This is the one my daughter used, and he just tears it up and throws it out. You know, it's uh, you, you know, know what? And typically, you're right. I have two pet peeves on the on, on people filling out the brackets. One, the people that have four, five, six, you know, they fill out different brackets, and then all of a sudden they make a you know one prediction. Right? Yeah, man, I had Butler going to the round of four. Yeah, well, you pick seven different brackets. Of course, you're going <laughs> to guess right eventually. And my other pet peeve is the people that just pick the favorites. And even if they win, to me, it's a unconvincing win because. Part of the beauty of it is, you know, throw me a throw me a bone every once in a while. Show me yeah. your intuition. Give me a hunch. You know, don't just pick the favorites. Anybody can do that. But having said that, now who was this who did the rotating? It was a commercial. Uh, ESPN. It's you know one of those goofy ESPN okay. commercials that really that, don't have. Now a that you know what yeah. that something. If you have a theme like that, a little tongue in cheek, I can almost appreciate that. Okay. I enjoy I, that. I knew you enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I definitely thought you would laugh at that particular one. And. <laughs> and and the best part of that was the last one where he wrote each each bracket or each uh, each bracket rotates from the theme to the research to the hunch. <laughs> yeah, it was good, coach. <laughs> uh, I figured you'd you'd definitely appreciate that one. Thank you, very very nice. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Two more quadrumference. Is that the right terminology to use a quadrumference? Pods. Pods, coach. I like quadrumford. Two more quadrumfords to go before the, uh, we take a quick break here. Next up, and we are in the West Regional. Teams will be heading out to Salt Lake City. Xavier, Minnesota, great first-round matchup. The Golden Gopher have come of age. Pittsburgh against Oakland. 
Oakland uh, may be one of the biggest underdogs in the tournament. Big dog, four teams there, only one goes to Salt Lake City. Coach, I, I'm rooting for Oakland, and I'm rooting for Coach Greg Campy. Yep. So I kind of want to take one of the other two teams, uh, by that I mean Minnesota or Xavier, because I want to root for Oakland in the first round. But, I mean, I'm Pittsburgh, they always play great early, and then they play horrible late and mess up in the tournament. I, this year, this team played really poor early, they, but they played a good non-conference schedule. And Jamie Dixon of Pittsburgh really coached those guys up. This is the year. Pittsburgh actually makes a tournament run. I predict them to win that pot. Yeah. Even though Xavier's a really good coach as a six seed. That's an excellent six seed. I think one of the better first round matchups, Xavier, Minnesota. That's gonna be a mm-hmm. fun fun game to watch. But yeah, uh, that's your point. Yeah, and Jamie Dixon of Pittsburgh, I like your pick. Uh, and they've had some trouble in the tournament. I think he's one of the, the best. I was going to say one of the best young coaches. Not so young anymore. He's just one of the best coaches in college basketball. Does a great job. All right. Uh, and by the way, if Oakland does advance and takes on Notre Dame, it will be yeah. a classic battle between the Greg Campy turtleneck look and the Mike Bray mock turtleneck. It'd be maybe, arguably, the best battle of coaching turtlenecks uh, I think I could say in NCAA history. Well, fashionistas everywhere are sitting on the edge of their seat, Coach. <laughs> Smartass. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that uh, a lot's going to take place for Oakland to play Notre Dame in that Sweet Sixteen yep. game. <laughs> People would be talking about more than the mock turtlenecks if that mm-hmm. happened. Huh? All right, final four before we take a break. BYU. I have not seen them play. I've heard great things about them. They got a guard who can shoot the lights out. I believe his name is Jimmy Fredette. Uh, BYU in Florida. Florida should not be in, by the way. Kansas State, North Texas, Kansas State. Similar to Vanderbilt, had a great season, a little bit under the radar. They're the favorite, but Big Dog, you tell me if the K-State team advances. You, you know what, Coach? I thoroughly and all year long couldn't wait to pick against Kansas State in the NCAA tournament. That's it. I was like, I'm picking against them. No matter who they play, I'm picking against them. This is an overrated team. And then they get the easiest pod. Right when I saw that, I'm like, how did this happen? How did, couldn't they? Like, if they would have been in, like, the, the Xavier or Minnesota, Oakland pod, they would have been out in the first round. They're going to end up winning this spot. It drives me crazy. They, those are the three easiest teams that could have possibly been pit against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tend so, to agree with you. BYU, well, Florida should not be in, by the way. That was the one no. team I disagree with. BYU is pretty good. But all right, so we got Pittsburgh advancing, or Kansas State advancing to the round of 16, taking on Pittsburgh. We are halfway down our uh, selection to the quadrumphers. I don't know if we're going to have time today to, maybe tomorrow we will uh, take the 16 teams at the Big Dog Picks and find out an eventual winner. That is assuming you are not going to be celebrating St. Patrick's Day too soon tonight. I want you to have good mental consciousness tomorrow, Big Dog. Uh, tomorrow I, I will be preparing food all day long, okay? Seriously, you... Coach, at St. Patrick's Day, i got a new lease on life. I'm, I'm really, I'm not going to get fall down drunk tomorrow on St. Okay. Patrick's Day. I promise you, I'm not. Are you hosting a, a function at the house? If so, I have not received an invitation. No, I'm actually not hosting a function. Did you do you really want to know my day? Tomorrow I have to do a little bit of work in the city. Somebody's gonna take a little pictures of me and then I have a first date with a young lady from Ecuador coach. Really? She is magnificent. Wow. I'm not kidding you. She's first gorgeous. now is this a blind date or somebody you met who this is the first official date? Well, luckily I guess you're assuming if a beautiful girl is going out with me, she must be blind. Is that what you're trying to assume, Coach? No, no, no. I was no, just no, trying to find out if they... we've uh, we met uh, about ten days ago. We've pretty much talked every day, and this is our first date. Okay. And she realizes that, that uh, right now I'm a, a tree hugging libertarian and don't drive. Uh huh. And she says no es malo. She says not that bad. So it's good. That's Ecuador. Good 
Very nice. I may yes. have to do some research on Ecuador for tomorrow's show. But guess what? It's at the same place as the equator. Just remember that, Coach. Where is it? It's at the equator, Ecuador. That's easy enough to remember. All right, we'll take a quick break talking March Madness and the Big Dog Social Life. Not necessarily in that order, folks. We'll take a quick break. David Olson, our producer, back in a minute. Phone lines are open if you want to check in. We'd love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. TalkZone.com. Two guys, one mic. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joe radwanski on talkzone.com and we are back on the uh, talkzone.com two guys and a mic halfway through the program here take a quick quick break from our uh, Breaking down the brackets or just breaking down. It's been kind of a fine line between the two on today's show. A real quick couple of notes from the weekend and also a couple of our obituaries, sadly. We had two obituaries to report sports-related. Well, I'm sorry, one sports-related and one Hollywood-related over the weekend. Big Dog, I know an announcer you listened to in your youth, Merlin Olson. I was young enough to remember him as a player, but the very influential NFL announcer and Hall of Famer, Merlin Olson, passing away at the age of 69. Your thoughts in seven words or less. I can finally forgive Merlin Olson. What are we forgiving him for? I thought you wanted seven words or less. Oh. <laughs> you didn't have to take that literally. No, no, I mean it. Uh, the, January 2nd, 1984, Illinois plays UCLA in the Rose Bowl, and Merlin <laughs> Olson, his West Coast biased butt, sat there and list and legitimately rooted for no. UCLA during the no. Rose Bowl. Coach. That was your youthful, I think you were so, see, I didn't even know you back then, but I'm going to guess you were so anticipating an announcer being objective, unobjective, coach, that I think, I, I think Merlin Olson was the quintessential professional. You were probably a young buck just waiting to jump on someone, and Merlin Olson, the big fellow, was the nearest target. The date? I don't even think I. I don't even think I was had hair on my equipment yet. There is no way I even knew what the word bias meant. I didn't I say like, you I knew. I even told my dad. I was like, the fat guy with the beard is rooting for UCLA, and he's like, I know. Okay. So I, I like I said, I'm not angry anymore, Coach. I've forgiven him. He's passed away. He had a good life. I'm friends with Merlin Olson too. He's comes over on occasion. <laughs> and he also was a. Uh, uh, TV star too, and I forget the name of the TV show, but he went into TV uh, a little bit, like Heaven's Gate or something like that. Yeah, something. He was on Little House on the Prairie, there wasn't he? Oh, he was. Yeah. Oh, he, he did. He did Father Murphy. He did Father Murphy. Father Murphy. Yeah. There's nothing little about Merlin Olson. The other uh, death, very quickly in our regular segment here, our obituary of the day. These are actually from the weekend. Peter Graves, age 83, Mission Impossible, Big Dog, a uh, very um, serious, stoic. 
solid, solid actor, and I didn't even know it, but he was the brother of Gunsmoke's very own James Ernest, passing away at the age of 83. You know what the crazy thing is? You're exactly like he's stoic and serious, and so is Leslie Nielsen yep. when he was a young actor growing up. And you put Peter Graves and Leslie Nielsen together, tell them to act as serious as they possibly can <laughs> inside an airplane cockpit, yeah. and you get some of the funniest <laughs> hour and a half of television, I mean, a uh, movie you will ever get in your life. Seriously, Peter Graves acting serious in an airplane, oh my... I mean, sir, have you ever seen a grown man naked? You ask that question, serious, it's hysterical. Seriously. You, if you ask that, coach, it's kind of, coach, it's kind of creepy. You know what I mean? One but of the best comedies, great. absolutely, of all time. And, and the director purposely picked three or four actors who had the reputation. He said Lloyd Bridges was another one who was classic in that role. And, uh, and Leslie Nielsen took that particular role, and he went on to more fame with the naked gun. You oh, know, yeah, and... It, it totally changed Leslie Nielsen's yep. career, and they, yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about Lloyd Bridges. Yeah, those guys were like real serious, and yeah, what a great actor Peter Graves was. Coach, everything he's ever done, he's been awesome at. Looks, so. looks like looks like I picked the wrong week for for stopping smoking. <laughs> looks like I picked the wrong week for sniffing glue. Try that too, Coach. <laughs> All right, uh, those are any other obituaries? Did we miss any? Go ahead. Well, Corey Haim, right? Well, we got him. Who? Corey Hain, we got him. Oh, and by the way, you know, it's funny because last week Dave uh, Dave Olson corrected me about, like, who was who, like, with the different movies. Yeah. And I always got those two confused, Corey Haim and who the other Corey was that I forgot. Corey about. Feldman. Corey Feldman. I always get those two mixed up, so there you go. Famous Corey's for uh, 500, please. All right, let's move to a bracket. Oh, uh, real quick, by the way, I was fascinated by, I know you're a NASCAR indie racing guy. The, yeah. race, the racer that won, I think it was the indie series, not NASCAR over the weekend, his name is Will Power? Yes, Will Power. That's no joke. And, uh, Coach, the, that race started out, this is no joke, this, it was the first race of the Indy Cup season, and this is no joke, 150 yards from the start of the race, there was a 12-car pileup. 150 yards into the first race of the season, 12 guys were out of the race. <laughs> gentlemen, <laughs> start mean, your engines. And uh, eight seconds later, gentlemen, turn off your engines, please. Thank you. Thank you. One ringy-dingy. Uh, well, that's outstanding. Well, I, Maybe that's an omen of things to come in the IndyCar Racing Series. I hope not. I hope yeah. not. By the way, uh, I, you know, a little note here in case you're interested, 47 days. 47 days into the 143rd running of my favorite event, the Kentucky Derby. Uh, well, 47 days uh, until I drink so many uh, mint juleps that my tongue turns green. Mm-hmm. By the way, keep an eye out on a horse uh, from Memphis, Tennessee. Crack in the back is one of your contenders this year. I, I, I got to tell you something, Coach. I'm always watching out for horses named <laughs> Crack in the Back. Trust me. In particular, this one. All right. Those, oh, and one other note I got to get to here as long as we're kind of in a, a mid-bracket break here. Hockey here in Chicago. A lot of people are talking about the hit from Alexander Ovechkin. By Not- the way, I just want to let you know something. If I ever run into Ovechkin in the street, yep. I, I want to challenge him as a man, see if he's willing to fight somebody face-to-face. Seriously. See, now, I'm, I'm a Blackhawk fan. I, that hit, I didn't think that hit. Don't even get me. I, do not get me angry right now. Seriously. We argued about some stuff. You don't think that was cheap? That's the third time this year that Punk has done that. That guy is the best player in hockey. He doesn't need to push people from behind, face first in the boards who can possibly cripple somebody. That's so freaking cheap. Well, uh, you not time out. People. Give me a T.O., baby. Give me a T.O. Time out a second. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
But do you not see people check? Everyone says, oh, he's so close to the board. Don't you see people in hockey on every game basis check someone into the boards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach, it's a little different. Why? They're going after a puck, and they hit them into the board. That's a big difference when the puck isn't around, and you push somebody off balance face first into the boards. That is absolutely ridiculous. And don't say it was a mistake, because that's the no, first it, it, time this year Ovechkin has done that. Well, see, and I, don't, I don't have the past history, so I didn't know he had done that twice before i'm just as a as a hockey outsider watching the hit i didn't think it was that that part of the problem it wasn't intentional but brian campbell's head was down well well, you know what the reason why his head was down is because he was turning and he didn't really expect somebody to come up from behind and push him in the back Mm -hmm. imagine if conrad dobler coach was the best player in football in the early 70s okay imagine that that's exactly what hockey's dealing with right now Mm -hmm. their best player is a punk I know you can't even say the word. He, he's a, he, I can't stand uh, the guy. Uh, you know what? If you want to, if you want to start fights, you want to be a hothead, you want to hit somebody when they're looking, mm-hmm. hey, that's your own thing. You want to take cheap shots on people and end their season for the well, third time see, this season? Again, to me, you've got your, you've got your. Afterwards, he was joking about it. I don't know my own strength. <laughs> well, that, that's Whatever. unacceptable. If you know the guy yeah. is seriously injured, even mm-hmm. if you didn't mean to do that, that's unacceptable. To me, I get mad in hockey where, a guy is, uh, you know, toward maybe in, you're in front of the net or something like that, not looking, and somebody smacks him right in the chest when he's not looking. I've seen hits well, like Jonathan Taves of the Blackhawks took a hit like that. So That's a cheap shot. Neck. Huh? No one's going to get their neck broke doing that. Or the no sternum. one's going to get hurt doing that. Or the sternum. Okay? But the Ovechkin hit on Campbell, again, to me, did not draw that kind of ire. I've seen it in football, Big serious? Dog, where there's, there's, you, you got foot. your mind? You think that getting hit, he got pushed from behind. Face first into wood. First, you're trying to tell me that is not as bad as somebody getting hit in the chest? I will get shit hit in the chest a hundred times before I'd want somebody to push me in the back. First of all, point A, Brian Campbell was not that close to the boards yet. Point yeah, B, right, Ove- right, the, pu- the, push, the push was that vicious. It He's wasn't that vicious. Uh, you're, Joel, right, coach, you're right. He wasn't that close to the boards, and he barely touched him. He wasn't that close well, to the some, boards. Somewhere between barely touched him. Somewhere between barely touched him and that vicious, there's a medium, and that's what I saw. I did not well, see you know a vicious what? hit. You barely have to push somebody from behind when they're doing 25 miles an hour on a pair of ice skates. Guy's okay? skating in the middle of the ice, and somebody comes up from his blind side oh. and smacks him Every when the guy can't even see him. That's a cheap shot. That gets my ear up. In football, when a uh, let, let's say there's an interception or something like that, and the quarterback isn't even chasing the guy. You know, he he's he's got his head turned. He's watching the guy run, and somebody comes up and absolutely levels the quarterback yeah. or any other player. Happened to Chad Clifton, if I remember correctly. Cheap shot has nothing to do with the play. You know, everybody could say, That's well, you know, you got to have your head up. Your, huh? They were hit. They were those were legal hits. I if understand. You do that in hockey, it's a legal hit. If you would, if Chad Clifton would have got hit from behind by Warren Sapp, if somebody, if See? a quarterback was standing there and got a helmet from behind when they don't know what's coming, that is cheap. Just like, oh, just like the best player, but he's the best player in the game, coach. He shouldn't re- fall into being the cheapest player in the game. Legal. Okay? And I guarantee you one thing: he's going to find out who Ben Eager is the first time, the next time the Blackhawks play them, mm-hmm. and he's going to get his ass kicked. All right. Viciously, right, and he we... deserves it, Coach. I, 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 all the people that you've defended here, and I, sometimes I always appreciate the fact that you're willing to defend people that other people don't. I'm not, the fact I, that you're defending somebody that he could have broke his neck. I'm coach. simply telling you what I, my instincts when I saw it, 
it was, you know, that's a little bit cheap, but not that bad. It did not draw my ire like when I see in a football game some guy who's not even part of the play and not watching and somebody comes in and, and hits him super hard. And to someone like you who said, well, it's okay because it's legal. It's part of that. I don't care if it's legal or not. It's a cheap shot. Those are the plays that get me mad. Not so much. Not so much Ovechkin checking Campbell into the boards. He didn't check him into the boards. Yes, he did. No, no, no. Checking into the boards means that means that Campbell has the puck. Yeah. And he hit him into the boards. Well, what did he what do? He was chasing. Did was hit a guy, pushed a guy who didn't have the puck from behind. So it's a cross check and it's well, an illegal hit because it's it's uh, charging. It was charging, cross checking, and interference all rolled into one. He Don't was saying well, he checked the guy into the boards. That's not what happened. Yes, he it is what happened. He was ran somebody from behind without the puck. Oh, wait a minute. That is wait a minute. Time out. Bre- in hockey. You're, you're, you're making exactly it out. what happened. You are making it out like the puck is on the other end of the rink. Was Brian Campbell not chasing the puck? He didn't the have the puck p- for at least two seconds. Well, he, but he was seconds. chasing the puck down near the board. Two seconds. So Ovechka was, Ovechka was chasing him too, and he gave him a medium hard, not a hard, a medium hard shot. Seriously. The guy, Campbell got rid of the puck. Ovechkin had plenty of time to realize this guy does not have the puck, and yet he still took two strokes with his well, you're, you're hand, allowed... his hand and threw him into the board. Joel, you're allowed to check somebody who's going for the puck. Last time I checked, I see that about ten times well, every hockey I'm, game. I'm done arguing with it. He did not have the puck. He, he had I just said you are allowed. Ovechkin, if he can't figure out the guy didn't have a puck anymore, he should retire because he sucks. You are allowed to check. player in the game. Excuse me. You he are allowed. Big dog. You are allowed to check someone. To avoid them from getting the puck. That is part of hockey. Nothing wrong with that. Happens all uh, the time. Okay, Coach, why are you twisting the story? That's not what happened. Campbell got rid of the puck. He didn't have the puck. And it wasn't like he just got rid of it. He got rid of the puck and was skating away and turning. And then out of nowhere, Ovechkin drills him from behind into the board. Was it he not chasing? Like he had the puck. Was he, he not chasing? Wait a minute. Was he not chasing the puck behind the net? Well, then why didn't Ovechkin chase the puck instead of chase Brian Campbell well, into the Well, again, it's just normal behind. course of action. You're chasing the guy down, you give the guy a little push into the board so you can have a better chance of getting okay, the puck. Okay, so the normal course of action is to cheap shot somebody. Brian Campbell was at least, at least eight feet away from the boards when Ovechkin touched, put his hands in him. And it had been at least a second and a half, possibly two seconds. So what is, what is eight Campbell feet, you, what, you can't check anybody eight feet away from the boards? What does that have to do with it? Coach, again, again, first of all, first and foremost, it's illegal to hit anybody in behind from hockey. Okay? That's the first rule. And he did, they broke. And number two is he didn't have the puck. He didn't have the puck. Okay? So that's double. And third, and third and most importantly, it's illegal to push somebody, push somebody into the boards. He did all three. And you're arguing me like, he did all three. So all three of those are illegal, and you can get suspended for each one of them. Oh, and guess what? That's the third time he's done it. I'm a Blackhawk fan. I'm a Blackhawk fan. I don't know if that's going to apologize, but I just saw it a little bit differently. If you uh, care to uh, join in on this uh, somewhat testy discussion, 888-463-6748, talking about Alexander Ovechkin's hit. He has been suspended for two games on Blackhawk Brian Campbell who most likely, folks, is out for the season. Tough break for the beloved Hawk. 888-463-6748 if you want to chime in and uh, talk Joel into his senses. Well, yeah, talk me into his senses. <laughs> so i got to say is that you should read the right. Washington Papers, Coach, because right. Washington Papers are sick of Ovechkin. Basically, the guy's an ass, and I cannot believe you just defended the guy for doing what he did. Seriously, I'm, I'm really I'm disturbed. Didn't I didn't necessarily defend him. I, I started to because of the strength of your argument. My only comment in the very beginning was I didn't think it was that bad. 
it, it was okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Right. I didn't mean to get all riled up. You did. But I like when you get riled up. Uh, just save some of your riling for your uh, Ecuadorian first date tomorrow, though. No, no, I don't need any riling up, Coach. <laughs> All right. Can we move to the uh, East Regional? We're doing our bracket buster here. Uh, just to save David Olson a heart attack, yes. Thank you very much. Kentucky, okay. East Tennessee State, we've already done. If you're just joining us, we did the Midwest and the West. We'll try to recap it in just a minute. We're on to the East Regional. We're putting the four teams in each quadrumfront together, and the big dog is telling us which of those four will advance to the Sweet 16. Kentucky, East Tennessee State, Texas takes on Wake Forest. Which of those four advance? Yeah, Coach, I, I, Kentucky, better hope Texas does not win that game because they have, like, great talent, and they, I think they want to get their act together. I still think Kentucky gets out of there, but they, they better watch out for a very, very talented Texas team waiting for them in the second round. Okay. Kentucky, I do believe, uh, will be of the number one seeds. I think Kentucky will be first out. I, I, you think they'll be first out? Yeah, Texas could do it. Yep. Texas could be the one to do it, Coach. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, the next group of four, the next quad run for Wisconsin and Wolford, uh, Temple and Cornell. Surprisingly, we both agreed on something yesterday, Big Doug, without talking to each other. We both said maybe the most interesting, entertaining first-round matchup to watch, Temple taking on Cornell. Cornell's an Ivy League team, but they are a flat-out outstanding basketball team. Yeah, they they absolutely are. They they do the little things right. They play very solid basketball, Coach. Um, out of that four, I really do think the winner of the Temple-Cornell game wins that particular pod. Uh, Wolford-Wisconsin, yeah, I, I think Wisconsin's going to win that, but I am going to go with Temple out of those four. The Temple Owl. Temple Owls, Coach. Fifth seed, 29-5. and five. They won the Atlantic 10 tournament. Lavoy, Allen, Ryan Brooks, a couple of their top scorers. Uh, they kind of flown under the radar, too. But uh, John Chaney no longer coaching, by the way, sadly no. enough, the Temple no. Owl. Uh, yeah, no longer coaching. You know, it's kind of funny. Like I, like I told you a couple weeks ago, I couldn't wait to get pick against Kansas State. I'm not kidding. I, was like, I couldn't wait to pick Cornell to go to the Sweet 16 and Temple go to the Sweet 16. And then I get the brackets and they're playing each other in the uh. first round. I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> you know, I just kind of said I try to do my picks before I even get the bracket. Uh-huh. Uh, you're always one step ahead of the game, Big Dove. That's what. It sep- hasn't helped me yet. I'm horrible at this. Don't kid yourself. That's what separates you from the uh, other sports talk and basketball experts out there. What did I admit that I get, I'm not, I don't pick these games properly in the NCAA tournament? I was going to I was going to give you a little more credit guy. than that. I was going to say that you are always looking ahead. One step ahead of the game. That's the kind of intuition that you have. Uh, are you trying to are you trying to make nice with me after that whole Alexander Ovechkin thing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Uh, Marquette taking on Washington, New Mexico, and Montana. Only one of the four will advance. They'll be headed to Syracuse, New York. Big dog. Which of those four? Marquette, Washington, New Mexico, or the Grizzly of Montana? Uh, just like I said, Temple Cornell is going to be a great game. That Marquette, Washington game, coach, is going to be a doozy, a barn burner. And because it's such a doozy, those teams won't have anything left. And New Mexico and the Fighting Alfords will advance out of that particular pod. <laughs> the Fighting Alfords. Steve Alford, who left Iowa. By the way, Iowa did uh, fire their coach. Todd Licklider's a pretty good coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, normally after three years, things aren't working out. I usually, you know what, no problem. I think they jumped the gun a little bit. I think they should have given him one more year. I believe he could have turned it around. But the bottom line is the Iowa Hawkeye job is out there and uh, for the taking. Pretty yeah, good job. A, pretty good. That's a really good job, Coach. Yeah, that's one of the top 25 jobs in the country. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. The guy who used to have it, who got pushed out, is now coaching New Mexico, doing a great job. And, dog, you say Steve Alford 
and the New Mexico Lobo will be in the final 16. I agree, Coach. Okay, there we go. Uh, Clemson, Missouri, West Virginia, and Morgan State. West Virginia looked uh, almost unbeatable in the Big East Tournament. Missouri, full court press. 40 minutes of hell from Missouri. Athletic uh, team. Clemson. You know what? That's a great game because Clemson is a full-court pressing team, too. So you've got, you know how they say teams that press don't like to be pressed? Yes, exactly. That's, that's going to be put to the the ultimate cliche right there. Clemson and Missouri, you want end-to-end full-court basketball, you're going to get it in that particular game. It's funny that I, I think they do it every year. How does Texas A&M play Utah State Aggie versus Aggie? How do the two uh, like most running up and down the court besides Murray State teams uh, end up like the three fastest teams in this tournament are Missouri, Clemson, and Mer- and Murray State, and two of them are playing each other. It's it's wonder. I wonder how they do these matchups on purpose, Coach. Do you think when they're in the room? No, I don't think they think that, but uh, it does give you pause for um for wonderment, anyways. Did, did you remember a couple years ago? It was like uh, it was like they had a pod where like. Uh, like Bobby Knight was going to end up taking on Indiana, and Bobby Huggins was going to take on Cincinnati. It was pretty cool how they. It was it was strange how they had them all set up like that. Uh-huh. All right, but uh, you got to give me a winner now. Who's advancing out of that four? West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, coach, uh, Coach Huggins get, getting it done at West Virginia, Coach. It's amazing. He got pushed yeah. out of Cincinnati. Partly, part of his problem was the coaching. It was getting a little bit stale, but the other part was the graduation rate was about. Seven percent, and sadly, I don't think I, I exaggerate too much. No, but you know, the, the, did you know that Huggins had a lot of those guys come back as graduate assistants and get their degrees after they got their scholarships? So mm-hmm. it, it, you're right; it was really, really bad. But he had more people get postgraduate after their basketball career than anybody. So it's a it's a little bit askew. It's not as bad as you might think, mm-hmm. really. So. All right, seven percent. That's not good, though. No. All right, let's move out to the South Regional. These four teams, Big Dog, advance to the Houston. Houston, South Regional, the first set of four. Duke, California, Louisville, and the uh, play-in winner tonight, which is Arkansas, Pine Bluff, taking on Winthrop. Winthrop, by the way, not a bad team. And did I read correctly that Arkansas, Pine Bluff, lost their first 11 games? Wow, I hope that's true. That just goes to the point that you still have championship aspirations in basketball no matter what point in the season you are, as long as you still have a game left and you're not in the Ivy League. 17 and 15. I could be wrong, but I thought I read at one location, and again, Arkansas Pine Bluff, the Golden Lions taking on Winthrop today. The winner will play Duke. I, I thought I read that they started off the season 0 and 11. They're now 15 and 13 and one shot away from playing Duke. That's a pretty good uh, turnaround. That's a nice little run if they went 50, if they're 15 and 3. Now that means they're 15 and 2 since that. So, I'm sorry, they're uh, seven. They might be on a little bit of a run. They're 17 and 15 now, but same difference. Oh, that's still, that's still pretty good. It's 17 yeah. and 4 since that's yeah. still pretty good. You know, I would, uh, I, I, the, the Dukies, the Blue Devils are going to get to the Sweet 16, but they will have two black eyes, a limp, and I don't know if they're going to have anything left after that, mm-hmm. but they will be bloodied in the first two rounds here, Coach. Another good. Number one seed is not going to cruise to the Sweet 16, but they'll make it there. Yeah, Winthrop, I think Winthrop will give them a game. I watched them play their conference championship. That's a, a team that's um, been that's in the, the tournament South, before. Right? Huh? That's the Big South, right? David's been in Winthrop, right? Yep, yep. Okay. Yep. All right, and you know what? Uh, California and Louisville, 
for a first round matchup, pretty good game right there. That's one of so the better that, round oh, one matchups. Really good eight nine coach. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's nice eight nine game. All right, next set of four. Next quad run for if you will, Texas A and M, Utah State, Purdue, and Siena. Everybody's counting Purdue out, and you know what happens when everybody counts a team out. Good point, coach. And I'm going to go with the Big Ten there, and I will take uh, the Robbie Hummelis Purdue Boilermakers. Purdue. To advance watch to the Siena. That's, they're, they're a fun team to watch, too. They've got a lot of like small players, a lot of athleticism. So Siena is a, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they're, they're good on the eyes, Siena. Mm-hmm. Well, they're very similar to Butler, and they're very similar to Gonzaga in that they've you know, they've been the underdog in the Cinderella so many years that it's almost like they're not the underdog anymore. They're not the Cinderella. They're for real. That's been a quality program last 10, 15 years. So Siena is tournament tested, if nothing else. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. 27-6, and six, Metro Athletic Conference champions here. Trying to look. they got Alex Franklin, averages 16 points a game, and a kid named Ryan Rossiter averaging 14 points. All right, let's keep going. Notre Dame, Old Dominion. Baylor and Sam Houston State, a potential. Notre Dame-Baylor, second-round matchup. Baylor, pretty good. Uh, you know what? Uh, Baylor's going to win this, Coach, because they have the best player in the country that nobody knows about. Did this, have you seen their power forward? Like, is A.C. Lawton or whatever the heck his name is? What's his name? A.C. something? What's his name, Coach? Uh, the, the kid's averaging like five dunks a game. They got Tweedy Carter, who okay, averages 15 points a game. Are you talking about Lace Darius Dunn? Yeah, that's him. That's the guy. What a name. Yeah. Lace Darius Dunn. L-A-C-E-D-A-R-I-U-S. Lace Darius Dunn. And he goes by AC. Okay. Everybody calls him AC because I guess he's like the coolest dude on the floor. Mm-hmm. So like I, he doesn't get rattled. So everybody calls him like air conditioning. What's up, AC? He's always cool. <laughs> I think that's a great nick- Best nickname so far I've heard in the tournament is AC. For that AC because he's cool for air conditioning. I like yeah. that. You know what? I haven't seen Baylor play all year. I have not seen the... Uh, the AC turned on yet this year? I've only seen one Baylor game all year, and I watched only. I was going back and forth. So I really can't say I'm an expert. Mm-hmm. And they're a number three seed. They get an at-large berth, and a big dog. There's very few things more exciting in sports than an at-large berth. Well, not for the not for the mom, it isn't. I was going to say your mom had an at-large berth, judging by you. By the way, I just want to let you know. I know I've been in trouble. My mom always said, she's like, right when I was born, she knew the rest of my life I was going to be an issue. Uh-huh. The easiest pregnancy ever. She didn't even hurt. Took like 10 minutes. I was done. I was out. Didn't cry. Mm-hmm. Snipped me. I'm all done. She's like, then the problem started when I got you home. She's been the same way for 38 years. So whatever. Those first three days in the hospital, everything was good, though, huh? No, my mom was in the hospital for like an hour. Yeah. She's like, I was right on time. Went there. Didn't hurt. It was all good. So, yeah, so I, I guess I had to make up for it. The rest of my life. And I'd say his mother never loved him, folks. His mother never loved him. I mean, it, it, it was it was this bad. His mother breastfed his brother, and said she liked Joel as a friend. Yeah, and that was tough. That Thank was you tough. very much. Thank you very much, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, <laughs> is Rodney Dangerfield still with us? I had an argument. No, about this he, remember, he, he died? died. Remember? Darn. He died, and we were doing the old show when he died, and it was a great week because you busted out every single Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> joke he ever told that week. It was awesome. So. Oh, good. Ed Asner, dead or alive? I saw him on TV last night. I thought he had died. Well, the the problem is still alive? he's still walking the earth, but I don't know if he has a heartbeat. He looked pretty good. He looked. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I thought he had. I thought I thought he was part of our obituaries of the day a couple of years ago on our radio show. But there he is, <laughs> Ed Asner, right there for you. All right, so uh, you got Baylor going out of that four? Yes, I do. Okay. And I feel pretty good about that four. That's another one. That's like that Kansas State 
pod where you're like, how the heck did all these other teams get like three or four good teams? They only mm-hmm. got one in there. So. Yep. And for those not aware of the history, Scott Drew did one of the great coaching jobs in recent collegiate sports, I think. In the last five years, he took over a Baylor program that basically lost all their players because of the uh, off-the-court incident, which involved a murder. Very, very serious. Brian the... Dennehy. Who? Brian Dennehy uh, killed his teammate. Not the actor, Brian Dennehy. Not the actor. Obviously, I just... But that's the yeah. reason why I'll never forget the name. Poor Brian yeah. Dennehy. And, and why he... do I remember his name? Well, because of some other guy shot and, and he came in from Indiana. He had no Texas connections at all. They didn't know him from Leif Erickson. When he was hired at Baylor, and he has to, you know, in the Big 12 conference, and all of a sudden, within a very short period of time, he makes the Baylor Bears competitive, and now they're more competitive. They're the number three seed overall. Big dog, we got about 40 seconds left. Richmond, St. Mary's, Villanova, or Robert Maris? Coach, you know me. I uh, I have a pinup of Scotty Reynolds up on my wall. I love the kid. Uh, it's probably the last game he'll ever get to play because I doubt he'll play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking Villanova to go to the championship game. You know, I was I was just going to say there is a scenario. There's a scenario where Villanova could lose in the first round too. But, oh yeah, yeah. But if you're if you watch March Madness of late, good guards can carry you. There absolutely is a scenario where Villanova could win the whole damn thing. That's also why I like Ohio State so much because they've got four guards and they got a beast in Dallas Waterdale to defend them. Oh, no, he's not a beast. He's a good low-post defender, Coach. He's Kyle Rowley. He can't score at all, but I'm telling you, he defends well. He defends a low-post well, Coach. They're a much better team when he's not in there. (laughs) Dallas, don't call me Fort Lauderdale. All right, Big Dome, we got to wrap up the show. When we got down to 16 teams tomorrow, we will uh, bring to a championship game, and you, my friend, will tell the nation, hopefully before you start drinking on St. Patrick's Day, you will tell the nation who's going to win it all. I promise I'll tell everyone, the whole world, all seven continents, Coach. Beautiful. In the meantime, I'm going to uh, do some research on Ecuador. You're going to, we're going to talk about your first date tomorrow, too. Quito. All things well, Ecuador. We, we, I still will not have gone on that first date yet, so we can't talk about it. But Quito is the capital. All right. Rest up, dog. The export is gorgeous women. God bless you. We'll, t- <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow, dog. Talk to you tomorrow. Later, Dave. Later, Coach. All right. For David Olson, our producer, we appreciate everybody listening to the show. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10. Don't be late. TalkZone.com.